Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 493 for the first half of May, 2019. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with a forecast and regularly include other special features. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of thisweekinastrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. To get to a specific part of the show, including the forecast for a particular date, check out the index at the very end of this MP3. You can also see this index in writing at thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com. We start, as always, with the forecast for the half month, and we'll have some quick announcements, and then we'll get into the juice of the podcast, which is our interactive listener consultation with Anne, who wants to know what can she do to help get through her tough aspects so she can finally invite and keep a healthy, lifelong relationship. And we go deep on the natal chart. We also look at her transits and secondary progressions and solar return to see not only what the natal prediction is, but what's being stimulated now. So if you want to dive into how we do relationship work in astrology, also, as we do at the beginning of every month, we're going to announce our free session winner. If you've ever sent in your birth data, then you're still eligible. So listen up and it'll be here somewhere in the show. So now let's get on to our forecast. In the first half of May, potent Jupiter and Pluto team up to aspect four personal planets. This time it's personal. These aspects and their various meanings headline this forecast. We'll also interpret a Taurus new moon, a long-lived Uranus-Neptune semi-square, two new cradles, and more. What's old as we come into May, we've got a waning moon, three retrograde planets, Jupiter through August 11, Saturn through September 18, and Pluto through October 3rd, and we've got a T-square still in play through the 13th of May, Mars, Jupiter, Neptune, a powerful one we'll be talking about in just a moment. So, Let's move on to the individual days of the forecast. On Wednesday, May 1st, one T-square begins. You can enjoy massive empowerment of soul-aligned service to a higher cause, thanks to a T-square that starts today, May 1st. It includes Vesta, Saturn, Pluto, and the lunar nodes. It peaks on May 18 and ends on June 4th. If you encounter challenges while doing this service, feel into the situation. Should you not be doing this service anymore? Or are you being asked to step more fully into your power so you can serve more skillfully? This T-square can also empower sex magic, especially with Vesta in lusty Aries. Charging the vision of what you want to bring into your life with sexual energy can powerfully speed its manifestation. Also, on Wednesday, May 1st, another T-square peaks. Agile, adventurous assertiveness guided by your intuitive flow, is energized by a T-square featuring Mars, Jupiter, and Neptune. This dynamic aspect pattern started on April 21st, peaks today on May 1st, and ends on May 13th. This T-square can also energize learning and communication, writing and teaching, sacred sex, and bold, inspired leadership. Try to steer clear of this aspect pattern's lower expressions, such as misguided verbal attacks and street corner preacher syndrome. Also, on Wednesday, May 1st, 
You can enjoy subtle but persistent support for breakthroughs in spiritual awakening and inspired creativity with Uranus semi-square Neptune. Uranus, 3 degrees Taurus, Neptune, 18 degrees Pisces. You can also enjoy more flow in being your authentic human self, following your intuitive flashes, and serving others using the talents you most love to use. These planets move so slowly that this aspect will remain in orb all the way through June 2020. Finally, on Wednesday, May 1st, a very busy day starting the month, Mercury, Mars, and Saturn are seriously mixing it up today. They're making three aspects among themselves, a Mercury-Mars sextile, Mercury-20 Aries, Mars-20 Gemini, a Mercury-Saturn square, Mercury-21 Aries, and Saturn-21 Capricorn, and a Mars-Saturn quincunx, Mars-21 Gemini, Saturn-21 Capricorn. The main themes here are learning and communication, which are both strongly energized and potentially challenged. Is there new information you're eager to take in or a message you're inspired to communicate? These aspects energize this, but can also show you where you're not yet standing in your full authority. Are you shying away from the learning you want or holding back that burning message? If so, is it time to master your fears and forge ahead anyway? On Thursday, May 2nd, Cradle Number 1 begins. Soul-aligned embodied awakening and manifestation are smoothly and powerfully supported by a cradle aspect pattern. It features the Sun, Saturn, Neptune, Pluto, and the lunar nodes. It starts today on May 2nd, peaks on the 11th, and ends on the 17th. The Taurian Sun is this aspect pattern's natural focus. This supports financial abundance, time spent in nature, and relishing the five senses. It can also help you stay the course if that serves a situation's highest good. Also, on Thursday, May 2nd, the forecast for the first half of May is titled Jupiter-Pluto. This time it's personal. Why? As I noted at the top of the forecast, astrology only has five personal planets. In the first half of May, Jupiter and Pluto team up to aspect four of them. Mercury gets the ball rolling. It hooks up with these two slower planets today, making a Mercury-Pluto square, Mercury-23 Aries and Pluto-23 Capricorn, and a Mercury-Jupiter trine. Mercury, 24 Aries, Jupiter, 24 Sagittarius. This potently amplifies all mental activity, including learning and communicating. With Mercury and Aries, these aspects especially encourage your mind to dive deep and face the truth of a situation, even if it's uncomfortable. Let your mind boldly go where it has never gone before. And let me throw a little PS in here. Um, technically, Jupiter and Pluto actually aspect all five personal planets, uh, in the first half of May, because the moon moves so fast, it's going to make several aspects to them. However, I only use the moon in my forecasting when I'm doing a lunation, which is a new or full moon. On Saturday, May 4th, May's new moon lights up at 6.45 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's at 14 degrees, 10 minutes Taurus. Any Taurus new moon is great for new beginnings or renewed energy in financial and material matters. You can inject fresh vitality into nature immersion and glory more fully in the sensual pleasures of sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. You can also cultivate greater persistence. Just be sure that you're not stubbornly clinging to something you'd be better off without. Wait, did I say cultivate? Taurus also rules gardening. Aspects. Law of attraction is smoothly energized by two aspects to the luminaries. 
Neptune's sextile, and Saturn's trine. In this context, Neptune supports imagination, while Saturn can help crystallize your visions into physical reality. Neptune and Saturn also support embodied awakening. This new moon also features a yod, with Ceres and Pallas on the back end. If you make the right adjustment, this finger of God offers abundance, Ceres. If you make skillful use of strategy and diplomacy, Pallas. Before we get to the Sabian symbol, a couple of links. Uh, Law of Attraction, you can learn more by going to astroshama.com. Use the search box, type Law of Attraction Made Simple. To learn more about Embodied Awakening, which is walking through the day in a state of spiritual awareness, uh, just go to the resources word on the menu bar, last word on the menu bar, first item down, Invocations for Healing and Awakening, and the first post you come to will talk all about that and how to do that, quick and easy. Now, the Sabian symbol is a man with a silk hat muffled against the cold braves a storm. I can think of two contrasting ways to interpret this symbol. In the pure spirit of Taurus, it suggests that you amass plenty of wealth, silk hat, so that you can withstand life's challenges. But this symbol could also suggest someone with excessive wealth. After all, who really needs a silk hat? This man's soul is using a harsh but necessary storm which could represent any challenging event, to awaken him from his materialistic slumber. Remember Ebenezer Scrooge? In my experience, those who sincerely pursue awakening and the path of service to other have no need for silk hats, non-essential luxuries. And since they're consciously aligning with their soul purpose, their personal evolution may require fewer storms. Ease, the Embodied Awakening Support Experience, offers you free weekly events via phone, web, and MP3 to help you enjoy more harmony, grace, and flow, eliminate suffering, boost your intuition, stop mental chatter and challenging emotions, live each day in a peaceful, awakened state, support the global spiritual awakening, and much more. The online recording library, over 180 MP3s and counting, lets you experience the life-transforming power of ease anytime. To learn more, go to astroshaman.com. Under services, ease will be about the fourth item down. Ease Embodied Awakening Support Experience, free. On Sunday, May 5th, Mercury aspected Pluto and Jupiter on May 2nd. And today, Mars connects with these powerful planets. This time, the effects are much more dynamic. Either of these aspects, a Mars-Pluto quincunx, Mars 23 Gemini, Pluto 23 Capricorn, or a Mars-Jupiter opposition, Mars 23 Gemini, Jupiter 23 Sagittarius, would be formidable on their own. Together they shout, CAUTION! HANDLE WITH CARE! Challenging effects could include anger, violence, and harmful sexual impulsiveness. With Mars in Gemini, these low impulses could seek a variety of outlets. But as always, even the most challenging aspects have life-affirming expressions when consciously cultivated. In this case, they include passionate leadership, entrepreneurship, and adventurousness. These aspects can fire up courage, positive sexuality, and championing a worthy cause. And with Mars and Gemini, learning, communicating, and writing all get a rocket booster strapped on. On Tuesday, May 7th, are you experiencing challenge in your relationships, creativity, or finances? It's the job of a Venus-Saturn square, Venus 20 Aries, Saturn 20 Capricorn, to show you any weak spots in these areas of life. If you face the challenge in high Saturnian style, 
mature and responsible, with attention to good planning, implementation, and time management, you increase your chances of a satisfying outcome. If you're already in good shape in any of these areas, Saturn will help you dig a more solid foundation or enhance your existing structure. Venus is in Aries, the sign of new beginnings. Does Saturn's reality check suggest a different approach or fresh start in relationship, creativity, or finances? On Wednesday, May 8th, brilliant ideas and intuitive flashes can pop in more easily with Mercury conjunct Uranus at 3 degrees Taurus. With both planets in Taurus, these Eureka thoughts can be both practical and durable. Also, on Wednesday, May 8th, spiritual awakening and inspired creativity are smoothly energized by a Sun-Neptune sextile, Sun-18 Taurus, Neptune-18 Pisces. With the Sun in Taurus, this aspect also boosts law of attraction work and embodied awakening. On Thursday, May 9th, whether or not the third time's the charm, at least it features a charming planet. Mercury aspected Pluto and Jupiter on May 2nd. Then Mars aspected them on May 5th, and today, on May 9th, Venus takes her turn, on the same day that Pluto and Jupiter aspect each other. These two aspects, a Venus-Jupiter trine, Venus 23 Aries, Jupiter 23 Sagittarius, and a Venus-Pluto square, Venus 23 Aries, Pluto 23 Capricorn, supercharge relationships, creativity, and finances. Whatever's in alignment in these departments can get boosted to the next level of wonderful. Whatever needs adjustment or release will get your attention with an appropriate level of challenge. With Venus in Aries, new beginnings or reboots in relationships, creativity, and finances are especially supported where appropriate. Also, on Thursday, May 9th, amplified power and wealth, intensified joy and empowered wisdom giving. These are some of the life-affirming possibilities of a Jupiter-Pluto semi-sextile. That's Jupiter, 23 Sagittarius, Pluto, 23 Capricorn. Granted, this is a minor aspect, but the planets are potent and the aspect is in orb through June 17th. You can also use this semi-sextile to fire up higher learning, foreign travel, and gaining deeper insights into religion and philosophy. As noted earlier on this May 10th forecast, this Jupiter-Pluto semi-sextile has also aspected Mercury, Mars, and Venus this month. In addition to the effects already described in those interpretations, these connections also add power to all of this aspect's core possibilities described here. On Saturday, May 11th, that cradle that features the Sun, Saturn, Neptune, Pluto, and the lunar nodes that started on May 2nd peaks today on the 11th and ends on the 17th. Also, on Saturday, May 11th, get her done! A Sun-Saturn trine, Sun-20 Taurus, Saturn-20 Capricorn, can fuel you with the smooth, endless vitality of the Energizer Bunny. You can use this steady, eddy energy for anything. With the Sun in Taurus, activities like gardening, a long hike in the woods, or a well-planned spa day might hit the spot. On Sunday, May 12th, Cradle Number 2 begins. One cradle peaked yesterday and another begins today, and they share all the same planets except one. The cradle starting today features Mercury, Saturn, Neptune, Pluto, and the lunar nodes. It starts today on May 12th, peaks on the 17th, and ends on the 19th. The cradle that peaked yesterday includes the Sun instead of Mercury, and that makes all the difference. 
While the two cradles will overlap May 12th through the 17th, each has a distinctive message. With Mercury in the spotlight, learning, writing, and communicating receive smooth, powerful support. Mental activity focused on practical down-to-earth matters receives special assistance, even more so if it aligns with your soul purpose. On Monday, May 13th, not wishing to be outshone, the Sun follows on the heels of Mercury, Mars, and Venus as it also aspects Jupiter and Pluto. With the Sun in Taurus, all the meanings of that sign are amplified. These include money, possessions, sensuality, persistence, gardening, and nature. This planetary combination can also energize exchanges involving significant value or sacred sex. On Tuesday, May 14th, creativity and relationships get a smooth, potent boost with Venus sextile Mars. Venus, 29 Aries, Mars, 29 Gemini. This aspect can also kindle creative writing, enthusiastic communication, and new artistic directions. On Wednesday, May 15th, you can more easily calm your mind and open to the flow of intuitive information with Mercury sextile Neptune. Mercury 18 Taurus, Neptune 18 Pisces. This setup also provides smooth support for law of attraction manifestation. Whatever your sun sign, my forecasts can help you make the best use of the current astrological energies. All dates and times are in the U.S. Eastern Time Zone. Events are most powerful on the dates listed, but their influence will be active for at least a week before and after. Everyone's affected by these global transits. However, you'll be most powerfully impacted when moving planets activate sensitive points in your natal chart. Discover how these transits will personally affect you by booking a session with me. Learn more about my Astrology Plus sessions. Go to astroshama.com, go to services, and choose Astrology Plus from the pull-down menu. I got a really sweet testimonial for my life coaching on April 28. I wanted to share that with you. It's from my coaching client, Natasha Ferguson. She wrote, Your coaching sessions have helped me be more confident and mature in my interactions with others. I'm taking my responsibilities to myself seriously first, and in doing that, I'm feeling better about myself with regards to my family, loved ones, and friends. You helped me become more consciously aware of my body and my mind. What was most helpful was becoming aware of how my body was reacting at any given moment in the sessions. I use the technique you taught me to be more aware of what's going on inside me and to remove challenging energies. I will definitely be requesting your services in the future. You have truly blessed me. Thank you and namaste, Natasha Ferguson. So, make that amazing life you've been dreaming about a daily reality with support from Astro Shamanic Life Coaching. My unique combination of helping modalities, refined through more than 7,000 life-transforming Astro Shaman client sessions, can help you thrive in every area of your life. And my unusual approach could help you do this faster than you might have thought possible. To learn more, go to astroshaman.com. Under services, choose Life Coaching. As we look ahead to our next show for the second half of May, we've got a lot of juicy stuff happening. Saturn is going to conjoin the South Node in Capricorn. We're going to have a full moon in Scorpio. The sun's going to enter Gemini. Juno, the asteroid goddess of committed partnership, will get uh, aspects from Neptune and Saturn. There's a lovely Venus-Neptune sextile. There's just beautiful flow. Three pairs of new aspect patterns, two T-squares, two mystic rectangles, and two yods. So a lot to talk about. And as always, I'll be here giving you the best use of these astrological energies. I hope you'll join me on the next This Week in Astrology.
you can hear my forecast on This Week in Astrology, but would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it conveniently pop into your inbox? And while we're at it, how about occasional bonus articles on astrology, along with simple, powerful healing and awakening techniques? That's what you get with AstroShaman's free email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form at the top of the sidebar. And if you like calculating your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? AstroShaman is an authorized dealer for SolarFire Gold, which also runs on Macs running Windows and recent Windows tablets. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose SolarFire Software from the drop-down menu. A free forecast newsletter and the best available price on SolarFire Gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. We have a fairly brief announcement section this time. First, thanks to all those who sent their charts in in the last month, including Carol, Deborah, Mary, Denise, Katie, and Kat. Breakthrough to Deeper Healing and Awakening with Shamanic Breathwork. This potent transformational event will happen on Saturday, May 25th, 1 to 5 p.m. in Asheville, North Carolina. Supported by focused breathing and powerful music, you can experience a natural altered state and spontaneous shamanic journeying. This process can release old wounds, challenging emotions, and dysfunctional patterns, resulting in greater health and wholeness. You might also open to new levels of spiritual awakening. I'll be supporting you. I'm certified as a shamanic breathwork facilitator by the Venus Rising Association for Transformation, and I'll make sure your journey is safe. Learn more by going to astroshaman.com and look in the What's New section of the homepage. Also locally, we host three meetups each month at our home here, also in Asheville, North Carolina. They all meet on a Tuesday at 7 p.m. First Tuesday, we do Ecstatic Divine Group Consciousness. Second Tuesdays is a Singa or Grandfather Tobacco Ceremony. Third Tuesdays is a Shamanic Awakening Ceremony. So if you're in the Asheville area, go to meetup.com and search for the words Shamanic Awakening to learn more. Also, um, we're doing another live uh, well, not live, obviously it's recorded, but an interactive listener consultation. If you want to have your question considered for one of our interactive listener consultations, it needs to be about a specific issue that's important in your life right now, such as soul purpose, relationship, career, spirituality, talents and abilities, and such. Email your question along with your date, time, and city of birth to info at astroshaman.com to be considered. The winner of our free session, which we give away at the first show every month, is Lucy. This is the Lucy born March 9, 1980, in Dixon, Illinois. If that's you, then pop me an email, info at astroshaman.com. Fill in your time of birth, and uh, if that all matches, then we'll get you set up for your free reading. Congratulations, Lucy. This ends the announcements. Welcome to our live interactive consultation. Today I have Anne on the line, and Anne, her birth data is February 25, 1977, 3.30 a.m., Newport Beach, California. As always, um, you can see all the chart prep I've done for Anne by going to thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com, and there, her name will be a little ways down the index, and there will be a link on her name, and that will take you to the PDFs of, of the chart prep we've done. So, Anne, welcome to This Week in Astrology. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And uh, so let's dive in. What is your question? 
Well, my question is about love mm-hmm. and what part of my chart, as far as challenging aspects go, mm-hmm. um, can I help overcome to hopefully someday find um, a long lasting, meaningful relationship? Okay. All right. A very juicy question indeed. So let's look at that in your chart. Uh, the natal factors I'm going to be putting a strong focus on are, of course, Venus. Uh, for anyone, Venus is an important relational planet. I'm going to be looking at the cusp of your seventh house or descendant, which is at about 12 and a half degrees cancer. That means we'll also be paying attention to the natal moon, which will rule your relationships. Uh, and we may pay some attention to Mars because in a, uh, in a female's chart, Mars can represent the male partner. So those are the main natal points being uh, stimulated that we'll be giving a focus on. Now, you, you did say, I believe in your email, that you're looking for a long-term, like lifetime lasting relationship, right? Correct. Okay. All right. So therefore, if it becomes relevant to discuss factors that are really central to you and your personality, um, which obviously would come into play in a, in a long-term partnership, we may come, come into those as well. Okay. Okay, so let me begin by um, noting you have a grand cross natally that very much bears upon your relationship situation. Um, of course, the descendant is one of the corners of that. And the, the, the asteroid goddess Vesta is quite close to your descendant. She's like not even two degrees away in the sixth house. So the right okay. corner of the grand cross is descendant and Vesta. At the top of the grand cross is Pluto and the asteroid goddess Ceres. At the bottom is Venus, again, natural ruler of relationships for everyone, and then the ascendant would be the fourth corner. So um, I suspect, were you already aware of that Grand Cross? Uh, I'm still learning, um, but I was aware that there was that aspect. Okay. I'm not quite understanding what that means, but... uh, Well, my job is to uh, clarify that for you. Okay. Now, now you have some other aspect patterns as well that relate to relationship, um, and and two of them actually are harmonious. So uh, okay. we'll be we'll be coming into those uh, discussions as well. Okay. But but let me just get to the crux of it. Um, the core of the um, relational challenge that you've been experiencing would be Venus and Pluto, uh, which are in tight opposition. And they also square the descendant. So that of all the points I mentioned is really the heart of the matter. So mm-hmm. with Venus opposing Pluto, that's suggestive of power dynamics. And um, what this suggests to me is that um, when you've tried to have relationship, there's been power struggles and, and the power struggles have been a lot of what have caused those relationships to end. Is that correct? Uh, it is Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very common with a Pluto-Venus opposition or any hard aspect between the two that one of the one of the partners tries to dominate the other. Um, now, with your chart, um, your chart doesn't have a, a particularly dominating personality as far as I can see. So that leads me to believe that would, it would have been the partners who tended to dominate you. And um, am I guessing correctly that you eventually you, you became... You are guessing became, correctly became yes. tired of that and eventually you tired of being pushed around and you ended the partnership or it ended under some circumstance. Correct. Okay, mm-hmm. good. So basically what the, the core soul lesson is in relationship then is you learning to stand in your power. 
Okay. And, um, but let me, I've, I've learned not to assume things. Um, so in, when you go into relationship, is it your desire to have one or the other of you be dominant or are you striving for a relationship of equality? You know, I, I think with most relationships, at least from my perspective, it's good to have that balance sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm trying to learn that. Um, so I think when I go into it, I, um, kind of, there's that waiting period of trying to figure out what's going to happen and who's going to almost demand that, um, aspect of either equality or I'm going to be ran over, you know? So, so, so just, I'm not the personality that takes that hard stance. So in other words, you don't clarify going in that you want a, a partnership of equality. You don't kind of make that. a condition You're, you're correct. And I don't know if that's because I've, I've been conditioned throughout my life to have to figure it out. You know, I no, I don't take that hard stance. Okay. All right. Is it your position now with the experiences you've had that you will not settle for anything less than a partnership of true equality? Y yes, absolutely. I, uh, especially because I'm, you know, I'm getting to be up there and I don't want to have, I want to be able to find someone and find a long lasting relationship that I can enjoy. And yeah, absolutely. I would love to find that. Okay. So I would recommend, um, and again, all I can offer are recommendations that you're obviously free mm -hmm. to do or not do what you want. But I would say that you make it very clear right from the beginning. You know, if it becomes clear that a person you're connecting with is a potential partner, then let her know up front. Hey, just so you know, um, the only kind of relationship I'm interested in is one of equality. And if that doesn't work for you, let's just go our separate ways now. Interesting. Okay. Would, would you be comfortable doing that? Yeah, I, at this point, I'm willing to try. Absolutely. Okay. Um, of course, that's what I want at the end. At the end okay, of good. the day. Well, if you're mm -hmm. and, and you told me you want something long term, so I would think that the last thing you'd want to do is waste your time developing a relationship with someone who wasn't willing to do that. And thus, if you have certain non-negotiables up front, it can be really helpful to make those clear right at the beginning. One hundred percent. I yeah, I agree. Um, for example, I, I remember back when, when I actually went into what I considered my first really positive relationship, uh, we met on an online dating site and she said, only intelligent men need apply for me. Intelligence is foreplay. I will know I do IQ testing professionally. <laughs> so being, you know, that that's pretty upfront, but it is. But again, being upfront and very clear with your desires, I think serves everyone because the guy doesn't want to waste his time dating someone who isn't going to ultimately be a good partner either. You're right. Okay. Correct. Now, now to your, let me just mention one reason I believe why you might have been more of the passive wait to see what happens type because your son is in Pisces <laughs> and some of the keywords of Pisces are the shapeshifter, the chameleon, you know, you kind of adapt yourself to be what the partner wants you to be is, is a frequent Pisces strategy. I'm not saying it's a great one, but it, it happens a lot. You just pegged me 100%. Okay. So again, I think you've, you've done enough of the, this now to know that, wow, I can't just mold myself into whatever my partner wants me to be. Ultimately that doesn't work for me. So I need Correct. to just get strong and clear about who and what I need. Yeah. Correct. And, mm -hmm. and for that, you can draw on other parts of your chart. You have Capricorn rising, which is all about structure rules, um, mm -hmm. the, the way it is, the way you build it. So you have that ascendant energy, which is, you know, of comparable strength with your sun and your moon to pull from. You've got a moon very late in Taurus, 
And Taurus mm -hmm. is very good at, you know, creating a structure and sticking with it. So it's not like you have no earth in your chart. Um, right. You've got a lot of, of power to draw from if you simply make the decision about that. So, right, yeah. um, so just, just some broad strokes on that. Now, again, the nature of Venus opposed Pluto, and it, it's even stronger because Pluto itself is in Libra, the sign of relationship, and Venus, of course, rules Libra. Um, it's saying you will, and, and I'm guessing the power dynamic isn't just in your romantic partnerships either. I bet you can look at other types of partnerships, business, family, friends, where there's a similar power dynamic where you tend to let the other person kind of call the shots to a degree. Is that true? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. And again, if, if that works for you, fine. But it sounds to me like it's not working for you. It's not, no. So, so with Venus opposed Pluto, Venus here representing not just romance, but all important relationship, one, I believe that one of your course, forgive me, one of your core soul needs is to learn how to stand in your power in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. and, and that's okay. across the board. You saying, okay, here's the rules I'm playing by. And if you aren't willing to play by these rules, then we don't do relationship together. Yes. And, and getting okay. to that point of being able to stand in that level of power. Um, okay. This is further augmented because your Venus is conjunct your south node of the moon. Uh, Venus is, I'll just round to the nearest degree, Venus is 18 Aries and the south node is 25 Aries. And that's, you know, seven degrees apart. That's, you know, it's a conjunction, a bit loose, but there it is. But it says mastering relationship is part of the karma you came to do. And, oh, huh. and on the other side okay. of the south node is Chiron, which is the wounded healer. So when you put those three together, Venus, south node, and Chiron, it says until you learn how to, how to do relationship well, then you'll keep being wounded. Yeah. Once you, <laughs> once you master that, the wounding stops. Oh, I love it. I have goosebumps. That's you're, you're right on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now there's even more astrological message too. Venus is in Aries, which is the, the most self-centered sign there is. Aries is me, myself, and I, I'm the warrior, the pioneer. I do what I want. I just do it when I want to do it. And I don't ask anyone's permission. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you can step into this Aries energy in the relational field and, um, and, you know, kind of come into your own a lot more. Mm -hmm. Now I know it's easier said than done. But at least having the understanding of, of if you're choosing to move in that direction, understand that it does appear to be soul aligned and very important, then that that can help you kind of stand in your conviction a little more. Yeah, now I it's, agree. It's, okay. beyond, it's beyond the scope of what we're doing for me to give you exactly how to do that. Um, sure. I can give you some. Uh, there's one tool I could offer you. Um, are you familiar with the four-step nonviolent communication process? I am, and I actually have listened to to that. Okay, all right. Uh -huh. So, so if listeners are interested, we don't need to go and do it if you don't need it. Um, but basically, if anyone wants to learn about that, just Google the phrase four-part nonviolent communication process," and it's a four-step process you use when you're in challenge with someone. And going through this process with goodwill on both sides can really you know, ease and clarify relationship challenges. Okay. I'll, I'll listen to it again for sure. Okay. All right. So that to me is, is the core astrological issue that needs to be dealt with before you can really have a wonderful relationship. Okay. Um, let me see. Now I'm going to bring in another planet as part of the grand cross um, series. I mentioned as a member series is up there conjunct Pluto and series is also, um, 
very loosely opposing Venus, but it's still kind of in the matrix of the cross. Uh, Ceres has two meanings, which at first seem unrelated, but I have learned that they're actually quite closely related. One of them is abundance and harvest, because Ceres, also known as Demeter, is the grain goddess, and she's associated with grain and harvest and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But Ceres also had a rather tragic thing happen to her in her myth. Her daughter Persephone was abducted by Pluto, and here you have Ceres and Pluto together, and Pluto took her down to the underworld. Ceres mourned inconsolably. Uh, so much that nothing was growing on the whole planet because she rules, you know, the things that grow like grain. And they finally had to work out a compromise where she got uh, Persephone back half the year and that's spring and summer. And then half the year she had to go back down and be the queen with Pluto and that's uh, fall and winter. So this also, and and the fact that also Venus on the the bottom of the cross is, is loosely conjunct Chiron. Chiron and Ceres both have a shadow work theme. So, um, what I believe this translates to is, um, and and the fact that the nodes are aligned with all this too, and you know the south node a little more closely, but that south node is about old karma, suggests mm-hmm. um, it's actually part of your mission to have certain people come along and catalyze you, and bring up challenging emotions, and and it's also appears critical to me that you learn how to deal with these emotions effectively. And not just, you know, ignore them or anesthetize yourself and, and escape or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it, I also, therefore, should ask, are you, do you have some kind of shadow work tool, which in more plain English just means when you feel a challenging emotion, whether it's from your childhood or a past life, do you have a way of facing and clearing that so that it doesn't come back? To be honest, no. I'm, I'm trying really hard to, to work on that. Um, I, you know, I, I've seen, um, you know, therapists and doctors and, and mm-hmm. you know, trying to uh, trying to figure out how to do that. But no, I'm still in the learning process of figuring that out. OK. All right. Uh, now, would it be helpful if I were to suggest one tool that might be worth a try? Yes, please. OK. And it, I I, freak, I mentioned this a lot in my work. It's it's a healing invocation that uh, I received in an ayahuasca ceremony back in 2011. And. I've gotten a lot of really good feedback on it and okay. and it is just incredibly simple. What it, the premise of it though, is you have to believe you have a higher self, the divine part that mm-hmm. created your human and that, and you have to be willing to ask that part of you to help you with that. Is that something you're willing to do? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so at it's very simplest, you would just say to your higher self, when you have a challenging emotion or a physical sensation come up, you say maximum healing that serves highest good, please. And okay. after you say those words, you, you just become really passive. You just feel breath come and go, where if a strong sensation is arising in the body, you just put your attention right in the middle of that sensation, just passively feeling it until it clears. And what this tool does, and it does it very reliably, is it will actually delegate the healing to your higher self, which does it way better than your ego can. <laughs> so Hi, yeah. um, it sounds... It sounds too simple. It sounds too good to be true. All I know is I've, it works for me, and I've gotten, by this time, hundreds of emails from people saying that it works for them, too. So it's, it might be worth a shot. Okay. Um, if you'd like more information on that, um, you can go to astroshaman.com. And uh, on the current site, the last word on the menu bar is resources. And the first pull down from there says invocations for healing and awakening. And that takes you to a page that just has two posts. The second one is the one that talks about the healing invocation if you want to learn more about that. Okay. 
And by the way, when my new site goes live early in June, then the word invocations will be right on the menu bar, and then you can just get to it even more simply. So um, I can't guarantee the tool will work for you, but if you don't have anything better and it's worth a shot, then it doesn't cost anything and it might be worth a shot. I will definitely give it a go. Okay. All right. So to recap what I've said so far is um, the chart is set up where, you know, the, the sole lesson in relationship is a, to stand in your power. And part of that is, is knowing what you need in relationship and insisting on it from your partner. And mm-hmm. the other part is understanding with, with Venus aligned with the South Node and Chiron and Ceres and Pluto. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of shadow work energy, you know, just about yeah. they, they threw the whole thing in there when, when you were born or you did that's at the soul level. Right. So basically mm-hmm. understand even the best of relationships is going to trigger you sometimes. Okay. Even if you found the ideal partner. One of their jobs will be to hopefully unintentionally do something and you will have a challenging emotion come up or a challenging feeling in your body. And that'll let you know, okay, that's the next layer of my onion I need to peel. Okay. So yeah. now now what I've done so far is I've focused on the challenge part of all this. Mm -hmm. Um, What I'd like to do now, though, is paint a picture of what this will be like once you once you start standing in your power and once you've done enough shadow work to have healed a lot of this wounding that you dealt with so far. Okay. Um, then you'll be in a relationship and, and multiple, I mean, all relationships, not just romantic, but all of them, you'll be in your power. Um, you'll be choosing and picking who you want to be with based on the, how well they align with the criteria you set for partnership. Um, you'll be in your power you'll be connected to your own source of divine energy. And um, what ultimately this can grow into is you awakening enough. And I'll mention when you do that invocation, um, when you go to those two posts, the first post is about how to call in your own embodied awakening spiritually. And Mm -hmm. and that wouldn't be a bad tool either if you're open to that. Because um, what happens when you connect enough and you develop the relationship with your higher self and you're conscious in that, then all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, the energy I thought I needed from another person, I have found within myself. Oh, you're so right. Oh my gosh. And and then you, you'll you still want to relate because you do have a very relational chart with Venus so strongly aspected, but now you'll be relating not from need, but from choice. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole different ball game when you, when you know that even if this relationship ends, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And the universe yes. will always oh bring God. into your field the people who will give you the 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 soul experiences you need. Yes. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So you, I agree. you, you grow out of the myth of that one indispensable person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, so here you are, you'll be standing in your power. You'll be participating only in relationships that really serve your highest good and that meet your criteria. Um, you'll be standing very powerfully. You'll attract people who are powerful, but you'll, you'll be choosing to attract people who are already connected to their own inner power and thus they have no need to dominate or control you. Mm-hmm. They won't even want to go there. Um, right. And with Chiron in the mix, you will grow into your skills as a mentor and healer as part of this. And mm-hmm. as you relate with others, your own learnings from your own evolution through playing the victim and, and playing second fiddle to coming in your power, you'll have a lot of healing juju that you'll be able to bless others with. Oh, and and sage, okay. sage advice to offer them. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's how I see that ultimately growing into. 
Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. Okay. Now I want to bring in one last, the only player I haven't brought in from the Grand Cross is Vesta, uh, Mm -hmm. which is that asteroid goddess hugging your seventh house cusp. And Vesta has a couple of meanings. The most common meaning is just some kind of higher service where it's just the joy you get from serving a worthy cause is, is what rewards you. It's, it doesn't something that necessarily puts money in your pocket or anything. So there's a, there's a hint here that the ideal partner will be motivated to higher service and not just mm-hmm. totally self-oriented. And so that's one quality you might look for as you, as you scan the relational field. Is this person someone who wants to give back to the world and not just take? <laughs> I'm, you're going to make me cry. This is so good. Yes. Okay. All right. So that that's really the, I think, the most critical information from the Grand Cross that's really at the core of the relationship challenge. Do you have any questions about any of this? Um, no. Well, I mean, I know I did watch your, um, your video about Pluto. Uh-huh. Um, does that have, I mean, with Pluto, obviously, in that, that aspect, is that going to affect things for me right now? Or Oh, you're speaking about transiting? Correct. Oh, no. Pluto right now. Well, Pluto right now is transiting. I, I, I will get to that, actually. But before I get to the Pluto transit, um, just to keep things a little orderly, um, would it be OK uh-huh. if I mentioned one other um, of course. aspect pattern that that is also I mean, I, I've charted out several. But for I think what I've learned in astrology is you don't necessarily have to throw in the whole kitchen sink. You just have to give enough information to be helpful and not gotcha. overclutter it so much that the person runs away screaming in confusion and does nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> so what I do want to um, do is you have a grand trine that your descendant is part of. Um, and a grand trine is an equilateral triangle and the descendant is one corner, Uranus and the sun create the other two corners. And, um, if we take this to describe the partner, um, the sun, of course, is the core of you. And this says that when you have the right person, sun trine descendants suggest that there will be a natural harmony and flow with them. Uh-huh. Um, so you want to you want to discover a certain amount of natural ease with the relationship. If it's always hard work and always difficulty, then that's probably not the right person since your son trines the descendant. Okay. Um, the Uranus is the other corner, and this suggests you might attract someone who's really unique and outside the box. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're suggesting maybe not just a normal, ordinary person. You want someone who's unique and is comfortable standing in their uniqueness. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, since the sun is also trying that, it's, it's suggesting the same thing for you, you know, mm-hmm. um, that you, you know, discover who is the authentic Anne right now. I mean, Anne, of course, evolves and changes, but right now, who is the authentic me? What qualities do I have? What are my values and what am I drawn to and not drawn to and all that? And, you know, really standing comfortably in that. Okay. Um, Uranus also rules intuitive flashes and your son's in Pisces, which rules intuitive flow. So (laughs) that suggests from this grand trine that if you just follow your inner guidance, it will, mm-hmm. it will, it should very accurately let you know right away if a person's really a prospect or not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, do you, do you find you have, and you've got other, you also have in the sign of Aquarius, the sign of intuitive flash, Mars and Mercury. So you actually have a lot of planets, uh, stimulating the theme of intuition. 
Um, Absolutely. Do you mm-hmm. find that you just know things sometimes without having to figure it out? Absolutely. Okay. And have you found yes. when that information comes in, has it proved reliable? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So it's the- taken me time to figure it out, but yes. Okay, good. Okay, so you mean it's taken you time to learn that you can trust it? Correct. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. But do you trust it now? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. I've, I've seen and I've, I've been able to absolutely trust that my intuition usually is spot on. Okay, good. Okay, thank you. So given all the intuitive setup, Pisces, Sun, and Uranus in aspect to the Descendant, I would just go with that gut feeling. Okay. <clears throat> um the sun in Pisces, along with Neptune aspecting Venus and Mars and some other stuff too, suggests you also have really good energetic perception. When you meet a person, you kind of feel their vibe and you you have an energetic read on that person right away. Is that true? <laughs> well, yes, it's very true. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, therefore, if you trust that feeling nature, which is giving you the read of the person's entire energy field, um, mm-hmm. that will give you kind of on a feeling level, just kind of a, an immediate overview of where that person's coming from energetically. And if that feels really comfortable and attractive, that's a signal that you might consider moving forward with that person. But if you feel uncomfortable with that initial vibe, then it might be your signal. Just stop now, just turn around go the other way. Yeah. It, it, that's proved to be very true in my life. Good. So, so since it's proved accurate, I would, I would be very attentive to that and it'll save you a lot of time. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, good. Um, so I wanted to bring out a few qualities of that, of that grand trine as well. Okay. I'm um, just checking. Uh, one other thing I'll bring out. Um, I mentioned earlier that since cancer is the sign on your descendant, your relationships are ruled by the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and your moon has a couple of really interesting aspects I'd like to bring out. One okay. is that it is conjunct Jupiter. Um, it's six degrees away. They're both in Taurus. And that lets us know that when you meet a person who's actually good for you, Jupiterian qualities such as joy, enthusiasm, excitement, um, you should find that if you're connecting a lot with a person, your good fortune should increase. Oh, um, okay. Things like that. So basically, I think the message is if a person is supposed to be connected with you, it should be it should feel obviously positive. Okay. Um, not just okay, but wow, there's really a, a significant expansion, a really significantly better feeling with this person than when I'm not with them. Yes. So look for okay. that energetic boost um, as an indicator that it's a good thing. Um, the other interesting moon aspect is it's very tightly opposed Juno, the asteroid goddess of committed partnership. Mm-hmm. And that lets us know that um, I think resistance would arise right away if you begin relating with a person, the moon, and they're not really committed partner material represented by Juno. Okay. So if you find significant resistance, there's the opposition operating kind of as a warning sign then okay. that will let you know that um, you should reconsider whether to spend further time with that person. Okay. So um, again, given the context of, of what we're doing and the fact that we're almost 30 minutes in, to me, that is possibly enough around the, the criteria for relationship. Um, okay. I'm scanning really quickly to see if there's any other key uh, messages from the aspects. The only one I haven't really mentioned, um, 
you have a square between the sun and moon, um, which is is relevant in this context because again, moon represents relationship, and and that suggests, for one thing, it suggests you've had relationship challenge already. I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is not news, okay? <laughs> um, but it also is a, is a again another canary in the coal mine. If you feel significant ego resistance to a person. That's the sun square, the relationship ruler, giving you a heads up about whether or not it's a good idea to keep going with that person. Okay. So there you can use that square to your advantage as a warning sign where appropriate. Okay. 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 All right. So I think that's probably sufficient on that. Um, I'm, I'm now peeking at your modes and elements. And the most relevant thing is when I look at your modes, cardinal fixed and mutable. And that simply means initiating and maintaining and adapting you have a very, very strong fixed signature. On the weighted scores, fixed is 13, cardinal 6, mutable 4. And what this suggests to me is you might have a tendency to stay with relationships longer than you should when you realize it's not working out. Is that true? (laughs) That's very true. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just know that the fixed nature of the chart, and, and probably not just relationships, but you might have found that there can be a tendency to stay with many things broadly speaking past the point when it might have been wise to exit and that might have been a pattern mm-hmm. already so just note that that tendency and if you see it happening just okay uh, that's my fixed nature that doesn't mean i have to necessarily stay any longer it's, it's okay. understanding the natural tendency to kind of stick with things the moon in taurus is part of that uh fixed signature but know that just because the ego's resisting a change doesn't mean that you shouldn't go ahead and make it anyway okay okay so that um that feels sufficient for now on on the natal any questions on the natal chart and the description that's giving for partnership no okay all right so um you're probably interested in what the prospects look like right now for connection sure yes okay. so uh so now i'm looking to the transit chart and all the charts i'm referencing by the way to my listeners these are all in the pdf that are you know linked from the name and on the this week in astrology.blogspot.com link toward the bottom of that uh, listing. So you act, you mentioned you knew you had transiting Pluto, and uh, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. So right now, Pluto, let me bring up my bi-wheel so I can see this. And hang on a second, I'm gonna put my glasses on so I can see this better. And let me get that out of the way. Hang on a second. All right, so Pluto, as we speak here on April 17, 2019, is at 23 Capricorn. He's about to go retrograde. I just need to see how far back he's going. He's going to station again around 21. Okay, so he's mostly, he's been squaring Venus the last four years, and he's still loosely square, but my guess is there's been a significant amount of relationship change in the last four years for you. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Okay. Uh, and typically Pluto, when he squares Venus on the relational level, he says, okay, if you've got a good relationship that's in alignment with soul purpose, we're going to take this relationship deeper. You're going to connect more intimately, honestly, authentically, vulnerably. You can really have a wonderful deep deepening connection with a person. If a relationship does not serve you, it'll be Pluto's job to bring up the areas of challenge. Mm-hmm. And thus, um, I, is it true that there are some significant relationships that you have released in the last four years? Uh, many. Okay. Yes. All right. Good. So Pluto has mm-hmm. been doing a good job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it can even happen that new relationships begin under this. 
of people who do mm -hmm. serve Soul Connection so that he can play it that way too. So do know okay. that he's on the tail end of that. Uh, by the end of the year, he'll, let me see, let me get my timing precise here. Hang on a second. Yeah, by, by, the, by the time the year is done, Pluto will have moved out of the three degree window of the square to Venus. So he'll be pretty well done with that. Um, however, it doesn't mean he's done with the relational theme. <laughs> because um, he's, he's now, next year he will square the North Node exactly. And your North Node's in Libra, the sign of relationship. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, I didn't mention this earlier. I mentioned that Venus conjunct the South Node indicated the relationship was an important part of your soul journey. Uh, mm -hmm. And the fact that the North Node, the destiny point you're moving toward is in Libra, says exactly the same thing. So the, the, the importance of relationship in this lifetime is reinforced on both ends of the nodes. That That's pretty extraordinary. Yeah, it is. So, so basically, you've got another four years or so of significant relational stimulation as Pluto squares the north node in Libra. So the, the, it, it's usually not quite as intense with the nodes as with a physical body. There are exceptions, but usually a physical body being hit is a little more intense. But just know that... Um, you know, this is the time when if you if you choose to make that new commitment, I'm only going to do relationship that serves my needs and desires as well as the other person's. Mm -hmm. um, this can allow you to transform and reshape how you do all that. Pluto will help okay. you dismantle or adjust the attitudes and habits you've used so far and will enable you to stand in your power and bring in a new way of, excuse me, a new way of being in relationship. Okay. okay. Now, um, Am I correct that you were brought up and, and your, your upbringing was to be submissive and do what the guy says and, and that sort of thing? Uh, for the most part. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. So, um, and I just made an assumption. I apologize. I've assumed that, that you're attracted to the male gender. Um, correct. And, okay. Yes. All right. So I didn't, I didn't want to necessarily make that. I have lots of clients who are bisexual or um, no, lesbian or, okay. you know, Thank you for of indeterminate gender or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, so just know that um, this is the time when you can, you know, make the new rules for yourself and understand that, you know, the nature of that old programming will come up as shadow work. You'll feel like, oh, I'm betraying something or I feel guilty about this or I'm not worthy. And those things will tend to come up as you begin deprogramming these old things that don't serve you anymore. And it's, it, it's a, probably a journey of many years for most people. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I gave you one shadow work tool, but just broadly speaking, you can do breath work, you can do shamanic ceremonies, you can do hypnotherapy. Um, you know, what I have found, and of course, as a shaman, my own bias is not just talk about it, but do an energetic process that flushes it up mm -hmm. and clears it, you know? So uh, a fair amount of that will probably be in order as you, as you clear up and, and freshen those patterns. Okay. Um, so... And I know we're really focused on the relational theme. Let me, I need to also give you a heads up. Next year, 2020 is going to be super powerful around the theme. Because in mm -hmm. 2020, an astrological event happens that we astrologers have been waiting for for years. It's a, you know, this year, as I said in my 2019 forecast, we have a triple conjunction of Pluto, the South Node, and Saturn in later Capricorn. What happens next year, 2020, is we have a triple conjunction of Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter, which mm -hmm. is a, a huge start of many big cycles. 
And the reason it's critical for you is because they're all going to be dancing around square your nodes all year long. So okay. just know that next year, because your nodes are around 25 cardinal, they're in Aries and Libra, that next year will be a huge year about soul alignment, not just in relationship, but every area of your life. You really need to be, th I'm, I'm, unless I miss my guess, you're already thinking deeply, not just about a relationship, but about soul purpose. Why am I here? Why am I in this human I body right now? What's my mission? Has that been 100%. coming up? Okay. Very correct. So mm -hmm. um, I'd be really, uh, you know, contemplating that deeply, getting as much clarity as you can, ideally from your own inner guidance, from your intuition, and then start putting it into play. Because 2020, as Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter by transit square the, the nodal axis, is one of the most powerful years of your lifetime for really reorienting to come into alignment with what you're here for. Okay. So it's an, an awesome opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, and again, I'm, I'm trying not to drift too far from the, the topic. Um, okay. And, and since shadow work is an integral part of this, I will mention Uranus just crossed your fourth house cusp, also called the IC or the Nadir. And to have Uranus on the fourth house cusp is usually brings up tons of shadow work. And usually it gets stimulated in a rather shocking or surprising way. Um, okay. I'm guessing in the last year or so, you've had more than one unpleasant surprise that brought up a lot of challenging feelings. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So that'll, that, that quality will continue being strong through March of 2020, about another year. That's when okay. Uranus kind of moves away from that strong connection to the fourth house cusp. So just expect more of that. Okay. Uh, the fact that he also hit Chiron by conjunction, right? I mean, your Chiron's only like three and a half degrees from the fourth house cusp in the third. So Uranus has been on Chiron and on the South Node. The last few years look like they've been really intense, and a whole lot uh -huh. of a whole lot of shadow work has come up with Uranus conjoining those sensitive points. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. Okay, good. Um, so just know that you know the the catalyst may be intense and may strike like lightning sometimes, but if you have a good mm -hmm. tool ready, it won't matter. Um, I'd like to briefly put this in a positive light for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't pull punches, but I, I view all of it positively. And, and here's right. the way I view it. Um, uh, and I use the metaphor of an onion. Um, you know, as when we're incoming souls, fresh out of the divine, you know, oneness, we come out perfect. We're this glorious ball of light. We're bliss, ecstasy, and euphoria. Then eventually we start having physical incarnations. And in some of these, we have traumas and wounds that don't get healed in that lifetime. Each one of these puts a dark layer around that core and the layers start building up. And here you are, Anne's kind of hanging out around the outside of the onion. And there's and some of your divinity is coming through, even through those layers of darkness. But uh -huh. a lot of it's blocked. And and the way I think of the catalyst of the shadow work is when you have a challenging emotion or, or thing happen, it's that outermost layer saying, I'm ready to peel now. And, yeah. if, and to view it in the maximum positive light, whoever or whatever catalyzed you and caused that challenging feeling to come up actually has got the healing halfway done already because that layer was all calcified and thick and crusty. And what that situation just did is it turned it into boiling liquid and mm -hmm. all that's left now is for it to drain out. Mm -hmm. And that's why I like to go to my higher self and say maximum healing that serves highest good, please. And let the divine energy flush it away. Because if I try to figure it out with my mind or use an ego-based strategy, I have just found that to be way less effective than delegating the healing to the divine part of me. Mm -hmm. 
So, so basically, you know, this period of intense catalyst is designed to accelerate your shadow work and every mm-hmm. good piece of healing you do expands your spiritual awakening. The more mm-hmm. divine light that's, that's showing through with less blockage, the more blissful, ecstatic, and euphoric your daily reality becomes. Does that Correct. make sense? Yeah, okay. that's, you're hitting, hitting it right on the okay. right now. So Lee, that, that's the way I see it. Um, I want to bring in one last, uh, one last uh, moving thing. I also ran your secondary progressions, and one thing that jumped out at me, your progressed son about a month and a half ago landed on top of natal Venus. Okay. <laughs> if that is not a message, oh my God. Okay, so what this says is your evolving sense of identity um, just about a month and a half ago landed on top of the natural ruler of relationships and it's going to be, you know, still in orb of that connection for about the next 10 and a half months. Okay. So this lets us know that is it time to be focusing on relationship? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, uh so, you know, taking whatever is helpful from what I've been saying and running with it, using whatever else, you know, that's going to help make the relational um, paradigm better for you. It is mm-hmm. absolutely time for that. Oh, I'm going to run with it. Okay. For sure. Um, now, in terms of timing, in terms of a relationship coming, um, there's not one massive uh, event saying it's time now for that. The fact that Pluto has been square Venus and is still the fact that Pluto is now squaring the Libra North Node and the fact that the progressed sun just landed on Venus are all more than enough, in my opinion, to set the stage for a relationship to begin. Mm -hmm. Um, But it needs to be your decision now. Are you are you currently in a a romantic partnership? Uh, I am for the last five months and it's it it's easy in many, many aspects, uh-huh. but, um, it's, uh, I'm getting a lot, I'm getting, it, it's not, it's not easy a hundred percent of the time, which most relationships aren't, mm-hmm. I know, but, um, I'm at the point where I'm trying to decide, I need to decide. Okay. Have you, I, have you had the power discussion with this person yet? Uh, no. Okay. No. Would it be a, would it be good timing to do that? I think so. Yeah. I think it needs to happen. Yeah, because again, if 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 you again, I, I'm trying not to project my own per, you know th- thoughts about relationship onto you, but if it's your true core belief that you either want a relationship of equality or you don't want it at all, and mm-hmm. if that's really where you're coming from, then I would clarify with that partner if they're willing to do that. Okay. Okay, and and also give the other person some grace because you know he's got his own wounded messages, his own you know, stuff he has to work through. And, and if he's not accustomed to being in a relationship of true equality, he'll have his own shadow work to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, just understand that, you know, having compassion for each other and being willing to hold space for each other while you do your process can be a really helpful Mm -hmm. tool. Um, okay. So, so the paradigm isn't, I'm, I'm working on my stuff, but my partner has to be perfect. That ain't going to fly either. (laughs) But but okay. I think having core agreement on this person says, yes, I'm willing to meet the core conditions of what you need in a partner and I'll do my best to, you know, work through my stuff. Then that's mm-hmm. that's to me what what can be reasonably be asked of a person. OK. OK. Um, let me see if there's anything else. The last thing I'll mention in terms of what I studied is I, I also studied your solar return for mm-hmm. 2019. It's late February. 
And I run these to the natal uh, city. So I ran it to Newport Beach. And what I saw is um, uh, even the, uh, the Solar Return has a Grand Cross featuring Venus. <laughs> it's, so, so I mentioned this, um, you know, South Node Pluto Saturn thing that's happening in the sky right now. Uh-huh. At the moment of your solar return, Venus was in the midst of that. She was right wow. between Pluto and South Node. So Venus, the relational planet, is right in the midst of these three potent planets that are all about doing your shadow work around relationship. <laughs> okay. Um, so so that's it, it simply reinforces the message we've already seen, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now the other players, the other the other two members of the Grand Cross here in the solar return besides the north node are Uranus and Pallas Athena. Uranus is a beautiful player to have there because Uranus says, okay, I'll send you the intuitive flashes you need to help you do it. And uh, I can, I can help you paradigm shift things very quickly. So Uranus is the speed planet. He says, I want it done yesterday. So his presence, square Venus in the solar return, actually is a hopeful sign that you might be able to work through a lot of this baggage quicker than you might have imagined. Okay. Does that make sense? It does make a lot of sense. And again, especially if you use good tools, like if the healing invocation works for you, if you do things like breath work or shamanic ceremonies, or you you actually Mm -hmm. proactively go after the kinds of processes and tools that are going to flush this old stuff away. You know, that'll help Uranus move mm-hmm. more quickly with your cooperation. The other player, Pallas yep. Athena, is the warrior goddess. She's the she she's the goddess who sprang fully armored from the head of Zeus in, in the Greek mythology. Okay. And uh, and she will mm-hmm. battle when she needs to, but she also excels at strategy and negotiation and politics. And she's really clever. So her presence in the scheme of the solar return suggests to me be smart about this. You know, okay. don't just blunder through, sit down and think, okay, what would be the most effective way that I can do this healing work around relationship in the most rapid and efficacious manner? Okay. So, so work it smart and not just hard. Mm-hmm. So basically that, that for me feels like the most relevant astrological factors around your question about uh, maintaining a lifelong relationship. Um <laughs> Do you have All any, right. Do you have any questions about any of this? I've got a I've got a lot of work to do. It sounds like. <laughs> okay, but but is there anything unclear that I did not express clearly that you're still unclear no. or fumbling about? No, it? that or, was wonderful. Okay, good. And was it helpful? Yes, absolutely. Okay, fabulous. Okay, good. So I I invite you then. Um, as always, I've done my best to be accurate and helpful, but. I can't claim to be infallible, so take the best and, excuse me, leave the rest with everything I've said. Okay. Um, and use what really feels exciting and helpful. Okay. And uh, and that, I guess, brings us to the end of the consultation. Do you have any lingering questions before we actually complete the call? No, thank you so much. That was absolutely wonderful. Well, thank you, and it's such a pleasure to work with you. Thanks for being on the show. Living a harmonious life can be difficult, especially these days when things are moving so fast. You'd think that those of us committed to personal and spiritual growth would have it easier, but sometimes it seems as if our lofty aspirations cause us to face even greater challenges. Fortunately, you have a map to guide you, your astrology chart. 
can reveal a wealth of information about your soul purpose, your optimal career, and your ideal romantic partner. Spirituality, timing, relocation, your chart, when interpreted by an insightful, experienced astrologer, can provide helpful insights into every area of life. And since the moving planets keep activating different parts of your chart, getting astrology updates at least once a year can help you keep focused on what's important now. But astrology is only the beginning here at Astro Shaman. We also offer shamanic healing, which can reduce or eliminate physical, emotional, and mental issues. Your shamanic healing session will also equip you with simple, powerful techniques you can use on your own to help you take your healing and spiritual awakening to the next level. We also offer other services to help improve your life, including awakening activation, electional astrology, mentoring, and more. All are equally effective in person or by phone or Skype. A digital recording of your session is included, and my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. To learn more, visit astroshaman.com. I love my work, and I look forward to helping you. We're wrapping up this episode. This Week in Astrology is honored to be chosen by Feedspot as one of the Internet's top 10 astrology podcasts. Check out our website where you can hear the show and subscribe to podcast updates. You can also do a single sign-up for two great opportunities, chances to win a free consultation and have your chart interpreted on the show. You can also donate to support us. Go to thisweekinastrology.com. From there, you'll be automatically redirected to the This Week in Astrology section of astroshaman.com. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2018 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every month. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology. Here's the index. Our overview is at 1 minute 48 seconds. May 1st, 2 minutes 32 seconds. The 2nd, 524. The 4th, 710. The 5th, 1025. The 7th, 1132. The 8th, 1219. The 9th, 1255. The 11th, 1444. The 12th, 1521. The 13th, 1610. The 14th, 1638. The 15th, 1658. Next show's highlights, 1834. Announcements, 2051. And our interactive listener chart, 2309. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.